What's more OT than roles, habits, and routines? That's right. If I'm speaking your language, this episode is for you. We're talking all about how bowel and bladder diaries jumpstart the conversation into education and helping the clients really step into their own. Let's head there now. New and seasoned OTs are finding their calling in pelvic health. After all, what's more ADL than sex, peeing, and poop? But here's the question, what does it take to become a successful, fulfilled, and thriving OT in pelvic health? How do you go from beginner to seasons and everything in between? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are inspired OTs. We are out-of-the-box OTs. We are pelvic health OTs. I'm your host, Lindsay Vestal, and welcome to the OTs in Pelvic Health podcast. So the good old bowel, bladder, and food diaries. It's a powerful trio, and they are amazing for examining how our clients' habits may be contributing to their symptoms. This is so important because whoever in the history of the world takes the time to review things like this with our clients. It is so valuable for the big picture, combined with all the other tools we bring to the table. Now I'm serious. The collection of three to four to five days of what our clients are doing and some of what you might consider their most mundane habits, I mean, it takes a special person to look this over and you better believe it, we are that special person. I love giving them the diaries to fill out before our first session, right? Before we ever meet. And again, it's ideal for the diaries to span three to five days to get a really accurate read of their habits. Also, pro tip, I love it to span the weekday and the weekend. I want to see it all. These diaries are so OT. We're examining the roles, habits, and routines of our clients with them. And again, we are able to add such a value to them by being able to look this over, discuss with them what we see, and empower them to make choices that optimize their health. When I talk with my my clients about why I'm asking them to fill it out, because let's face it, it is a big ask, I share with them the following. Okay, so I remind them that a diary gives us a good snapshot of what's happening within their body. So, for example, right, you've got a client, they're leaking, knowing how often they leak, when they leak, and how much can help us create voiding habits that actually work with their body, as well as to better assess what we need to address the leakage. Do they always have a problem around 10 in the morning, right? When we start to see these patterns and very often they're so close to their daily habits that they're not even seeing the patterns. When we stop and examine these patterns, it truly sheds in a tremendous flashlight on how we can help them. Perhaps they need to examine what foods they're having for breakfast or how much time they're allowing themselves to use the toilet right? Again, these are the things that keeping a diary will help illuminate patterns so we can investigate the whys with them. 
Another quick example. If your client is having fecal incontinence, keeping a diary helps us to identify triggers that may be causing them to have it. So by keeping a record, you can start to uncover trends that may be contributing to their issues. For instance, that cup of coffee, first thing in the morning, maybe it's irritating their bowels more than they thought, hinting that it could be time to rethink their Java habit. Lastly, this type of record keeping provides them with a roadmap for a discussion with us. And I honestly think this is why it's the most valuable. Recording leaks and daily habits gives us a chance to outline everything they've been experiencing and and it can really help to detail and lead the discussion. So for many, when and how they eliminate, let's face it, it's not something they really record and recall with incredible accuracy. It's really not the highlight of their day, right? So having this roadmap really makes these patterns black and white which helps us create a customized treatment plan for them. Now in the show notes of today's episode, I've linked to a few of my favorite ones out there. So what are we actually looking at with these diaries? Well, number one, we're analyzing water intake, right? The total amount they consume, we're looking at whether or not they spread their drinking out over the day, or do they do cluster drinking or chugging? We're analyzing their caffeine intake, the total amount, and we're looking at what the ratio is between these two fluids. Next, we're looking at their fiber intake. Are they getting an appropriate amount? Next, what type of stool are they producing based on the Bristol chart? Now, I'm gonna include a link to the Bristol chart in the show notes. If you haven't seen it before, I highly recommend it. Yes, as pelvic floor therapists, we have a chart so that we can better talk about the way our poop looks because the way our poop looks gives us so much information about the health of the body and what the pelvic floor does in response to the type of poo we have. There's actually seven types. Go check it out. I'm being really serious. And then we're also looking at if they have urgency. I ask them to rate their urgency so we better understand it. And of course, we're looking at the type of meds they're on and we look up whether or not these meds may be contributing to their symptoms. Now, when I gather this info, I'm really gaining a holistic view of their habits and routines. And I'm helping them to achieve more ideal habits around water, caffeine, fiber, and I'm tracking stool consistency. So here's some of the things that I'm looking at. How often are they going? Normal bladder frequency is typically around six to eight times each day. Normal bowel frequency varies quite a bit from one time a day over three days to three times each day. I'm also looking at how strong are their urges when they go. Generally, I recommend grading urges on a zero to three scale. So zero would be no urge at all, and three would be, I gotta go right now, do not delay, (laughs) do not get in my way. We're looking at where most of the urge is very small, Were they running to the bathroom all day? I'm also looking at how much do they urinate? 
So the best way to track this is to actually measure their output. You can do this super simply, head to your local dollar store, get a cheapo measuring cup, get a cheap plastic cup, and you can actually measure it. So you're looking at a normal output of urine, which is about 400 to 600 milliliters per void. 400 to 600 milliliters per void. Now, to be less exact, they can just count the seconds of their urine stream. Now, this doesn't tend to be as accurate, but we generally tell people that each urine stream should last about eight seconds. And don't forget, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi is the gold standard. You'd be surprised how many clients just whiz through it, right? One, two, three, four, five, right? So again, one of our strengths as OTs is really breaking these things down when maybe other professions would overlook it. They might just tell someone to count their urine stream and not take that extra second to be like, okay, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, that's our standard here, right? We can't assume that everyone is on the same page. Honestly, I even, this is gonna be a slight tangent here, but I even do this with things like their home exercise program. So when I give a client an exercise program, number one, they are helping me co-create it, right? I am working with them hand in hand to not only devise how much time, right? I'm asking them questions. How much time do you have to do this exercise program? And realistically, I'm, I'm being really concrete about it because I'm not going to design them a program that takes 40 minutes when all they've got is 10, right? And I'm also not taking for granted that they know exactly where in their house they're going to do this, especially when it comes to pelvic floor exercise right? It may involve using a mirror. It may involve putting like a soft ball uh, right on their perineum area. And this may not be something they want to do out in their living room. So I'm taking the time to really say, where do you imagine yourself doing this in your home? Where are you comfortable doing this, knowing that this is what the homework is? And literally taking that moment to have them imagine themselves where they're doing it, when they're doing it, even like the temporal sense of, oh, you know what? I'm gonna do this in the evening after everyone in my family goes to bed. It really helps remove a barrier to entry of them actually making that difference between doing the home exercise program and just skipping it. So OTs out there, don't underestimate the power that these small questions have on our clients' lives. Okay. Back to the topic du jour. So some other things I'm looking at with the diaries are what did their poop look like, right? That Bristol stool scale is going to tell us things like, was their stool soft and formed? Was it like little rabbit pellets? Did they have to push hard to empty their bowels or did it come out easily? Did they have any discomfort or pain? Potentially was there blood on the toilet paper? Now, another aspect to the diaries that I really like is what was their diet like? Do you notice any trends? Do you notice any trends in what they eat or drink? Were you drinking some, were they drinking some well-known bladder offenders like caffeinated drinks or soda or artificial sweeteners or sugary drinks? Do they eat at really regular intervals? Do they drink at regular intervals? Any other trends? Do they always go to the bathroom when they have the littlest of urge? 
Are they in the habit of using the bathroom before every time they leave the house? Was most of their leaking with coughing or sneezing? Does running water send them running to the bathroom? Do they always have a bowel movement after their morning coffee? So this is just some of the things that, you know, you can really start to gain patterns from by looking at their diary and having a conversation with them. Inevitably, it goes right into education. So I share with them how they may be able to change their fluid intake so that they're getting an ideal amount of water per day, which by the way, is half their body weight in ounces spread out throughout the day. And minimal or no caffeine if it's appropriate for their symptoms. I offer personalized suggestions based on their feedback, such as, let's say they share they don't like drinking water. Okay, you know, it's a great addition to put some cut up herbs or cut up fruit in their water, right? Anything that makes it fun. Let's say they only drink coffee. I'm offering suggestions and alternatives to weave in slowly over time, something like cacao or chicory or herbal tea. And I love suggesting to do it over time, right? Habits form slowly. So something like they drink four cups of coffee per day. So the following week, I'm going to ask them to drink three cups per day, uh, one cup of chicory, right? The second week, two cups per day, one cup of herbal tea, one cup of cacao, etc. right? You tailor it for what suits them, but you get the idea that we're working with them, that this it's not an all or nothing approach. It's not like pulling off a Band-Aid. These are likely habits that are deeply ingrained and we wanna give their body a chance to adjust. Now, if they aren't getting enough fiber, I share with them foods that offer the kind of fiber they need. I usually add in that if you put into good old Google, right, the Google search engine, you literally type in the food type and the amount that they're consuming and the word fiber, oh my goodness, you get great results that can help guide their fiber choices. So for example, I type in the word blueberries, comma, one cup, comma, fiber. And the result is 3.6 grams, right? So I very easily know the amount of fiber in what I'm eating. Now the colon likes gradual change, so I share with them how important it is to slowly increase fiber over time while tracking how it changes their stool. The stool chart results gives us a more accurate assessment of their stool type and we can track it over time as they implement our new strategies. Urgency scores help us track that in quantifiable ways with numbers and the meds info can shed some light on possible side effects such as gabapentin, which is infamous for constipation. All right, so the bowel, bladder, and food diary is a great insight into the roles, habits, and routines of our clients, and it can lend so much perspective on how we can help guide their healing. Thanks for listening to another episode of OTs and Pelvic Health. If you haven't already, hop onto Facebook and join my group, OTs for Pelvic Health, where we have thousands of OTs at all stages of their pelvic health career journey. This is such an incredibly supportive community where I go live each and every week. If you love this episode, please take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and post it to IG, Facebook, wherever you post your stuff, and be sure to tag me and let me know why you like this episode. This will help me to create in the future what you want to hear more of. 
Thanks again for listening to the OTs and Pelvic Health Podcast.